Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Dafyot Tess in Masech Sukkah. And we decided that a reasonable place to start would be smack in the middle of Yotess and by the two dots, because up until then, uh, we had a long discussion um, that was sort of one, uh, one, one sort of topic. Did you guys enjoy the Achsadra? That was a fascinating, fascinating discussion there with the Dauphin Akuma. And now we're going to do Psal Yoitze. We always, you know, discuss that this is Le'ilu Nishmas Rav Chaim Zev Malinoetzal. Now, Rabbi Le'ibadol Chaim, Rabbi Safer, uh, taught us Sukkah once, and this must have been written up. We used to write a uh, write up a shurim in a kuntras called Bracha Rishayna. And oh my goodness, do I remember how he taught Psal HaYoytze. I wish I remembered all the details. I have to go back to see the Kuntras. But the reason I mention it is because it's a specific Parnesian, what he calls, way of learning. Rabbi Parnas, that's what's hence the term Parnesian. Rabbi Parnas Shlita uh, used to teach at YU. Now he's in Landers, a Parnas senior. And the reason I bring it up because if we're, we're going to have, right, because we have a little extra time here because we're starting halfway down the page, it's a derech halima that's fascinating and lends itself uh, very much to manifest in this Gemara. What do I mean as follows? We'll start with the first statement of the Brisa and then, and then I'll explain what I mean. The, the Brisa says, Tana, Psal hayoitzim in asukah nidon kesukah. The Psal, which we already discussed, for some reason... Simon Wolf Shlita calls it Pesel. He must have a reason. He doesn't do anything without a reason. But uh, Art Scroll writes a Psalm. We're doing it. So our rule is always we'll go with the Art Scroll. But, anyways, Psal, we already said, is kosher schach, like schach mehadrin. Okay? So it's not really more complicated than that, right? When, when you're first learning it and you read, and you read this Brisa, you think, ooh, Psal is different than schach. But no, it just means. That which his yoytzeh min hasukkah in some way, right? Uh, we'll see. We're going to get four possibilities here as to what the b'risa means. We'll go through them one by one. But the chiddush is that, let's say, in the first two possibilities, it talks about psal, which is, like we said, um, you write, badatz uh, schach, that sticks out, hayotzeh, that physically juts out. Min hasukkah is nidon kasukkah. Which is to say, the halacha is like sukkah, and you could sit under it, and you can enjoy, you could make a lay shave, you could mach a lay shave, and were Andrew to invite us to the sukkah, which is something which is under heavy negotiations right now, come sukkah's time, uh, Barry and I would be able to sit with Goranowitz and with the rest of them, with, uh, take a bunch of rogalach and make a lay shave under the psal that is yotze minas sukkah. Now the Gemara is going to offer four possibilities as to what psal yotze might mean. Right, and it's going to challenge each one of those possibilities and arrive at some at some uh, conclusion for each one. And the reason why this lends itself to the Parnas way of thinking is because the Havamina, one of the hallmarks of the Derech Halimud, is that it takes the Havaminas of the Gemara very seriously, and it brings a lumdus, we'll call it, to the Havamina and the Maskana of every discussion. So if the Gemara asks a question, it doesn't say, oh, that's a rhetorical question. It didn't really mean that. You have to look at the Maskana. It has to bring some sort of lambdas to the question 
as well as to the answer and sort of Chazal, the assumption is that the Chazal, be it a Rishon, right, and they'll try to read it inside the words of the Rishonim, see if they, you know, if they address this in the Gemara, this idea that in the Hava Amina, there was some conceptual uh, analysis, some conceptual way of looking at the Gemara, and in the Maskana, they took that concept and addressed it as such. So this will be a good exercise of that, and so this is for you, Rabbi Safer. I'm probably, to use Rabbi Safer's own terminology, going to butcher it. <laughs> but it's just to give you a flavor of, of that style. So here we go. My psal, and the truth is I could probably look back and see exactly what he actually said in, in these, but I don't know if you would enjoy that because it gets very, very nitty gritty. But in the meantime, my psal hayotim in So the Gemara asks, what is this psal hayotim in uh, It doesn't really mean what is psal. It knows that psal is schach. It means, what does it mean? In what sense is it Yotim in a sukkah that there is a Hava Amina that it would not be Nidon Kesukkah, right? That it would not be kosher. And the Maskana in the Brisa is that, no, despite this Hava Amina, yes, it is kosher. So, says the Gemara. First explanation. Amar Ula, Kanim Hayotim Lachore Hasukkah. Right, so again, each one of these is going to have a bunch of ways of explaining it. But the easiest way to explain it is as follows, I think, the straightforward ways. Kanim hayoitim l'chore So first of all, kanim is just regular, right, bamboo sticks, badat schach. The material is not the issue. The schach material is great here. But it's yoitze l'chore ha So the easiest way to understand it is, took a giant bamboo stick, you had a chet-shaped sukkah, three walls, which are cool, okay, and if you look at the chet, the way it's oriented in the olive bays, you stuck the large bamboo stick on top of it. And so the part that's in the airspace of the chet, certainly that's your sukkah. The chiddish in the havamina is that if you go outside, now you step outside the sukkah, go out the back, which would be, let's say, at the top of the chet, if you oriented like the olive bays. And there, there's a lot of bamboo that's still jutting out. And you could sit under there and make a leishev. That's the havamina. That's fascinating. And he'll say there's no walls. The Gemara's going to address that. But the Havamina would be, so, right, so you can lambdasize it, right? You could just say, oh, that, this is what I mean. You could just say, oh, there's a Havamina that it works uh, that way, but we have to figure it out a different way, that, that it doesn't work that way. The Havamina is that maybe that's what the, the Brisa means. But no, at each stage of the Havamina, maybe you have to figure out, well, maybe the Gemara thought, and to this, it's hard not to uh, revert to the first Rashi's in the very first Mishnah of the Gemara, which is that the schach is the sukkah. So maybe the havamina is, over here, that once you have the schach, now even though the schach is the sukkah, you can't just take bamboo and sit under bamboo without walls. So maybe the presence of walls of a sukkah legitimizes the schach in the airspace of the sukkah, but once that schach is legitimized, so those bamboo sticks are like, right, they're activated, so to speak. And so then it doesn't matter even whether you're inside the sukkah, the airspace, or on the outside of it, out the back. Those bamboo sticks have been activated by the airspace of the sukkah they're in. That activation extends like electricity throughout the bamboo. And you can go and sit under it even outside the sukkah. Perhaps that's the havamina. But to that's too far of a bridge to cross, says the Gemara. And the Gemara says, Right, so it's, it seems clear that that was the havamina, right, in the Gemara. That maybe that's what Psal Yoyse meant, according to Ula. And then the Gemara says, no, but you need three walls. So obviously you can't hang out outside the sukkah, 
even, even albeit under the schach, that can't be. So the Gemara says, Bidi'ika. No. So maybe it's not shaped like a ches. Maybe it's shaped like an H. Oh. It's shaped like an H. So then if it's shaped like an H, what's the problem? Just go outside. So the first half of Mina is that it's shaped like an H, but only sticks out a little bit. That's the easiest way. Again, Machlokas are showing him what this means. But let's say it was shaped like an H, a full H, right? With full dimensions of sukkah, both on the bottom and the top of the H, if you orient it like, the, like in the alphabet. A capital H, right? Um, but let's say the schach ex- filled out the whole bottom of the H, but on the top of the H, it only jutted out a little bit, like not enough to make a kosher sukkah. Can you sit under that? Right? So now you have the benefit of both having the enclosure of the top of the H, plus a little bit of the schach from the kosher sukkah on the other side. Right of the wall, so would that work? So the Gemara says, "Abuin and hechsha sukkah." But no, we have a, we need a minimum size, right? That's what Rashi explains. That hechsha sukkah is she shiva tfakim dal korchach sukkah be'ape nafshehi umuvdelat mizu, which is Rashi's way of saying, right, that when you have two sides of the H and you have a wall in between, then by definition, this is not regarded as one sukkah with a with a partition through and through. Right in in the sukkah, but it is designated as two back to back sukkahs. Once you say that, right? So like like when we lived in Nachal Tamar, and our and our and our house and the learner's house was connected, but it was two separate houses. It was connected in, in one side, and we didn't even we were on other sides of the street, whatever. So we we you didn't even uh, sense that our houses were connected until we did construction, and then. It was just a constant pounding in the learner's kitchen. Anyway, Rabbi Lerner Shlita is for the first mention. It's, it's embarrassing. It took us till Sukkah to mention the great Rabbi Lerner. Uh, he teaches at MMY. He's like the uh, postdoc there. Anyway, Rabbi Eli Lerner. Okay, so so the question is, Bidi'ika, Babina extra Sukkah, says the Gemara, Bidi'ika, when there is the minimum size of Sukkah on both sides. Okay, so now we're talking about we have a full H, with full schach coverage on both sides. And well, it's getting to the point where we can't understand why the psal yotze would not be kosher. I mean, you have, if you have the full size and you have schach coverage, what's the problem? So the Gemara now says, oh, Maybe the issue would be that, let's say, uh, and we're going to get into different definitions of what silasa might mean here. But in the Havamina, so let's say, the psal yotze covered, if, you, if you're going to use the capital H. So let's say cover the entire bottom portion of the H, but only, let's say, a quarter of the top portion of the H. Let's say that was the case. Now, quarter of the airspace of the top portion of the H. Now, that portion was still more than Zion by Zion Tfachim. So it's enough to make a kosher sukkah. So then where are you sitting? What, what's the havamina? Uh, so the Havamina is that because it's a quarter of that, so that's a fascinating, that's a fascinating idea. See, now we're going to get, and this is where the Rishonim, it, it gets very, it's very difficult to slice and dice, and the Rishonim are really going to go either way. I don't know if there's going to even be one most straightforward to explain this, this, uh, this Gemara, but when you're talking about Silasa Merubachamasa, right, what did you think, Andrew, when I said Silasa Merubachamasa? You would think, you look at the sukkah on the whole, and it has more shade than sun. That's what you always think. We're going to see in our discussions of psal yotze, maybe not everybody 
right, held that way, that there's Havaminas, then maybe that's not exactly what it means. Like, in this particular case, So what's the Havamina, what's the Meskana? The Gemara is going to answer, that there is Tzilas Merubah so then what's the, so then what is the, right, what is, what are we possibly learning here? So again, if you're going to learn it in the Rav style, you're going to take it slow. You have to take this Havamin of Ba'inan Hamasa seriously and see if you could figure out, based on fundamentals that you've learned, what the Havamin of this Gemara could possibly be. That is a challenge in this case. Because Ba'inan Tzilasim Merubah Hamasa is, it, 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 it's, it's fascinating. What would be the Havamina? Okay. So, be that as it may, the answer of the, the Gemara here is Bidi'ika. That there is more Tzilasim Rebbe Hamasa. So now, let's just, let's just keep track. We have, right, three walls. We have, right, enough of a, a size to make it a sukkah. We have more shade than sun. Why in the world, and we know already that the material of Salyotse is, is Bidat's, so what in the world is the Havmina that it's not good? What are we learning from this price that it is good? As the Gemara asks, if all of these right parameters are in place, what are we learning from this price? Says the Gemara, since the walls, this is interesting, were initially made for the interior of, let's say, the main sukkah, which is the bottom of our capital H, and they were not made for the extension that you subsequently, right, that were subsequently made, which is the, right, top of the H in our, in our case, a malo, you would have thought that the extension is not going to have valid walls, it's not going to be considered valid, kamash malon, that it is considered valid. Now, again, Tosvos, Ritva, everyone gets involved into what the Havmin and the Muskana is. Tosvos is going to point out that in the Mishnah and Yudzayin, which we learned over, right, over Shabbos, we said that extensions are going to, are going to be kosher. So what's the difference between that and, right, and the outside, and the outside sukkah? So there, that's the case of the Achsadra, right? It's a little bit different. Because even though there was issues and we thought, well, maybe there's a problem of Tasevalomina also here, the, and, and we said that there is not in the case of the Achsadra. Our case is different. Our case is, is where, again, the, the wall, right, was made for, um, right, it was made for outside the sukkah, right? The, in other words, the, the easiest way I have to understand it is not so much necessarily the wall, but maybe even the schach, as follows. You put up the schach, and the schach has to be, this is only one direction in the Rishonim, but I think it's the easiest way to understand. When you put up the schach, it has to be the shame tail. Fine. But it also, what we're learning from our brysa, and we do have to have a learning, according to Ula, is psal yoisim in is kashim We're learning that as long as you put on the schach, see, here's the tension, right? It's a havmina maskana type of tension. If you put on the schach, I'll ask you this, Barry. I put on the schach, and I have, this is a perfect example, this is a perfect Barry and Andrew case. Andrew, as he sometimes, right, most years he puts, he, his, his sukkah is already up by, by this time of year, right? By the summer, the sukkah is already up. However, he's going on vacation, and he's leaving us high and dry, mind you, this, later on this week. So he's not going to have time to put up his sukkah. 
So as has been already well documented, we know that in, in the olden days when Andrew and Barry used to share a condo together, um, they used to have, remember the days that we shared the condo in Italy on the Riviera? That was really, those were special days. So you had, right, this situation where you had back-to-back sukkahs. You shared a wall, okay? Like an H, where Barry's family was on one side of the H and Andrew's family was on the other side of the H. So let me ask you this. Barry puts up his schach, right? The H frame was up all year round, right? And that's how we had all the Gemaras and Shabbos and Ervin, where you guys were drawing from each other's wells and all that, oh, each other's water. But So the H frame was up all year round. Now, Barry puts up a sukkah before Andrew, of course, in that particular year. So he's putting it up, the schach, on the H-frame. Fine. On, on, on what we call the H-frame. It's, it's, right? it's an H on the ground, as you, from an aerial view. And Barry's putting up the schach on his side of the sukkah, and his schach is jutting out into Andrew's sukkah. But he doesn't have any das right, for his schach to cover Andrew's sukkah. So the easiest way for me to understand it is that the Havamina is that when Barry puts it up for the purposes of his sukkah, and his sukkah is kosher, and yet he has enough leftover schach to jut out into, um, right, Andrew's sukkah, that the Havamina is that even though there's so much leftover schach that it's enough, right, Andrew's sukkah certainly has three walls, his side of the H has three walls, and there's enough for a, the proper dimensions of sukkah, and there's chamasa is less than tzilasa, so it's all the parameters. So you might have thought that despite all that, there's a fully kosher sukkah now on Andrew's side. Barry didn't put it up for Andrew. Barry put it up the shame tale of his sukkah. So the havamina is that it has to be the shame tale for the specific sukkah of Barry. And the maskana is that even, that no, that as long as it was put up for the specific sukkah of Barry, the din of the brysa of Sal Yotze is that since it came out kosher on Andrew's side, it should be kosher for Andrew to sit on it, under it as well. And he doesn't have to go through the trouble of putting up a sukkah this year. He came, he, he got away with it, scot-free. That would be the Havamina Moskana. I think it's the easiest way to understand the Havamina Moskana according to Ula. The problem with that is that it's possible it's possible, you could say, one of the possible problems with that is that, that the, the Havamina may not exist. In other words, it may, be, it may be too obvious, right? That's where the tension lies. If that's too obvious, right, so then you get into Tos was talking about, well, maybe some aspect of the walls, right, uh, were initially made for, right, since the walls were initially made for the interior of the main sukkah and were not made for the extension, and maybe it wouldn't be so. Maybe it wouldn't be okay. So, why would you think the 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 three wall extension and that makes it a little bit more similar to the achsadra? So, right there, there's there's holes in this schach, so to speak. Right there's there's some there, there is some tension, but again, there's no easy way, as you'll see. Right after all, there's four different uh, right there's four different amaraim here going th- going through what the brice of what might mean. So I don't think there's any shame, right, in, in saying that it's not easy to figure out what the Havamina Maskana is of Sal Yotze here, right? So, right, if the four Amorim are arguing about it, we could also, uh, you know, we could also feel, 
okay about ourselves despite having trouble understanding it, but it is fascinating. Uh, if, so that's what I'm saying. Rabbi Safra could spend a month going through each possibility of each Rishon of what the Havamina and what the Maskana is conceptually of Psal Yotze. So fascinating. That's why I wanted to start with this because really we could spend two months on this. And so I wanted to at least flesh this out. Psal Yotze. I have... I have Psal coming out of my, I had Psal coming out of my ears for a month <laughs> when we learned this. So I think, to me, at least my sort of like, um, right, my limited uh, sort of non-nuanced brain un- can understand this best in the, in the case of Andrew and Barry, where the schach is put up before, by Barry, for, even though I understand that all we show when we read this shot, the schach is put up Barry for his sukkah, sticks out and fully covers um, Andrew's sukkah, and the Havamina is it wouldn't be good for Andrew because it's not L'Shem Tzach of Andrew. And the Maskana is that certainly, and we would say L'Alacha, certainly Andrew would be able to sit under such Tzach, right? And a lot of this is also um, a Havamina that, uh, that you, it's hard for us to relate to because we know Hilchah Sukkah too well. I think, you would, I think you would agree that if Barry put this up in today's modern understanding of Hilchah Sukkah, everybody would agree that what Barry effectively did was put up Andrew Schach, right? Nobody would look at it, have a Havamina to look at it differently these days, but that's because of this halacha of Psal perhaps, right? That Psal Sukkah is kosher for Sukkah. Okay, so that was, um, out of the four suggestions, that's suggestion number one of, right, of Ula. Now, Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Tarvayu, Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, we're going to say, Okay, what was the Havamina Psal Yotze? Schach that protrudes in front of the sukkah. In other words, instead of Andrew and Barry having an H and the schach extending over the partition of the H into, uh, into Andrew's sukkah, now we have a different case. Now we're back into the possibility of Andrew inviting us to his sukkah, right, this year for a kiddush. Now, obviously, by then, there's probably going to be, I mean, one has to believe that of the hundred people who go to Rabbi Silber's shear, uh, that, that approximately 85 of them might eventually want to come to our shear instead because who wants to get up for a 545 shear when they can get up for a 535 shear? So let's say we have 85 dudes that have to go to Andrew's house by suk- this year's sukkahs that have to go to his house for the seum. Okay? So now Andrew says, well, I don't physically have enough in the actual within the confines of the walls of my sukkah, but guess what? I'm going to put up a schach that's so long that they're going to sit by the entrance and the entrance is going to extend well past the walls. The entrance, the schach, which is to say, is going to extend well past the walls. There's going to be an area of like 20 feet out, right? Or 40 feet out that's going to be just schach, suspended, right? Because it's very... Right, it's very sturdy. Schach, just schach, suspended in air, right, past the airspace. Now, mind you, there's a kosher sukkah, full dimensions, with all the, right, tzilasa maruba machamasa in the airspace of the sukkah. That's where the original crowd will be. But all the overflow crowd will be on the, on the schach that's extending past the entranceway to the sukkah, all the way out into the airspace where it's just schach. So here they say, they extend from the inner, inter, internal space of the sukkah. So here, uh, Rabbi and Yosef are specific 
to say that it's it's not. Although Rashi elsewhere will say it's the way I described it, where neither of the two walls extend out, and it's just schach. Here, for whatever reason, the suggestion is that one of the walls does extend. So let's say this sukkah right is up against Andrew's house. So again, you're going to have a you can have Andrew's house, let's say, extends 40 feet across, right? And then you can have, let's say, a sukkah that only extends, um, that's at the edge of Andrew's backyard. And so it's shaped, let's say, like a reish, right? So it's going to be shaped like a reish coming out off the edge and then, and then turning in 10 feet. So on one side, the wall is 40 feet long. On the other side of the sukkah, the wall is 10 feet long. And the schach extends the entire length of the 40 feet wall of the backside of Andrew's house. Such that, right, so you have one wall that's 40 feet, one wall that's like the width of the sukkah, the other wall is 10 feet, and it just stops there. So that is what Robert Yosef seems to think is one wall extending along and says the Gemara, Ma'udotema, you might have thought, Ha'lesba hechsher sukkah. It doesn't have the requirement of valid of a valid sukkah, kamash malan, that it does. Now here, right, it's not hard to see why this is a, this is a difficult havamina and maskana again, right? So, so here again, Rabbi Safar is breaking his head. What's the havamina? Why would you think? So part of what makes it so hard to understand the havamina is because we know Hilcha sukkah too well. We know that this is a kosher sukkah, right? This is two, two plus, two walls plus. What's the problem? So it must be that you only think that that's Pasha, that that's good because we just learned it. And therefore that's the halacha. But it's not so challenging to understand that at one point in history, right, before Masech HaSukkah was taught, there was a Havamina. And the, way, the easiest way to uh, for me to explain this Havamina is, as we learned in the very beginning of the Masechta, a Sukkah has to surround you, Andrew. It's supposed to make you secure make you feel like a security blanket, surround you perhaps like the clouds hugging you, so to speak. And so if what you're supposed to experience is the circumferential embrace of Hashem, so then maybe the hafamina would be that even though the sukkah would be, would, would, would be um, kosher with uh, two plus a tefach, that at some point along the way, you can't say that, it can, that the schach can extend beyond uh, beyond the minimum kashas of a sukkah unless it's enclosed basically on three sides, right? That, that, that has to be the havamina, right? You see the art scroll draws, right, these dotted lines. The dotted line is the havamina and the maskana. You see that in the figure 22? So the dotted line is the havamina that you'd have to be enclosed on all three. And the maskana is what we know to be the case, which is that basically... The, the, the sukkah is kosher as long as the, the kashas of the sukkah extends all the way to the extent of the longest wall. Now, again, the, the kasha on the havamina would be that we already know Allah Moshe Sinai would be two walls plus a shtickle, right? Two walls plus a tefach. This was me and, me and Yitz, uh, Yitziti, uh, sort of like hashing it out for half an hour. What could the Havamina possibly be? So maybe the Havamina would be that as long as you have two walls and a tefach, right? In other words, everybody would agree that you need to have at least Zayin by Zayin Tfachim for the sukkah to be kosher, right? And the Rishonim, you know, again, they, they will try to crunch out this Havamina. Everybody would agree that the sukkah has to be at least seven by seven Tfachim. So, 
So how does it work in the Mhava Amina that you would have two walls and then a shtickle of a tefach? If the schach only extends as far as the tefach shtickle, then you don't have a kosher sukkah. So how does it work? So maybe you could say the Havamina is that the halacha l'moshe misina is that once you have two walls and a tefach, then we'll, we'll take it and we'll say that, yes, it extends to, to seven tefachim and no more. Maybe you could say that. Maybe, right, maybe that would be the Havamina. Uh, and that, and that you need that extra third wall to extend further in order for it to be kosher. A fascinating Havamina Moskona here. Okay. Fine. So that is, uh, suggestion number two. Suggestion number three. So here again, we're going to have havminas that that uh, that um, offend our modern halachic sensibilities of how sukkah works. But the havmina here is the psal yotze. Well, Rashi is going to be quick to point out that in the first two. Uh, in the first two examples of Havamina Maskana, Psal Yotze literally meant Yotze. Well, it's not just Rashi, it's the Gemara. But um, it's the Gemara is going to point out that in the first two Havamina Maskana, Psal Yotze literally meant jutting out. Here, Yotze is going to have to mean something else. It's going to have to mean Yotze Mihalacha, right? From the Halacha of the Sukkah. But what's the Havamina Maskana? So let's read it inside. Lo Nitzucha el Sukkah Sheruba Tzulasa Meruba Mechamasa, which is to say, that the Havamina was that there's more, right, shade than sun, which is great. However, in a miuta, in a minority portion of the schach, there is a chamasa meruba mitzalasa, which is to say there's a section, like a section of the sukkah that's bald, right? That has a lot more sun than shade, which is to say, that what? Overall, when you look at the schach, there's more shade than sun. But there is a very, very significant, obvious bald spot somewhere in the sukkah. You might have said, hey, we're sitting in this kiddush. We are fighting over who doesn't have to sit under that spot. Not because of the sun beating over our head, but because we think that this is not going to be a kosher spot to have the rogelach in. Kamash Malan, no. The Kamash Malan is the halacha that we're familiar with. That you look at the sukkah as the overall. Right? Overall, you need to have more shade than sun. But again, the Havamina was that perhaps even though you have overall more shade than sun, maybe, right? And this, we could understand this as a Havamina. Maybe if it's evenly distributed, then you could, yeah, Havamina is, yeah, if it's evenly distributed, you could sit anywhere in the sukkah. But it's, it's not hard to imagine Right, where if you would have six, right, uh, six, um, 60% schach, dense, and then 40%, it's still, right, more shade than sun, that you wouldn't be able to sit under the sun. Well, the problem is that even in Argomar, as we say now, we're saying that if it's real airspace and it's more than three tfachim, maybe you shouldn't sleep under it, uh, even the Allah Maskana. So what's the Chiddush here? So the Chiddush here is that no, it's not full-on airspace. It's airspace with enough schach to like create a loved situation that halachically you can sleep and sit under it, but it's still way, way more sun than shade. There's a havamina that despite the fact that, that there is enough schach to create a lovud, that the, the abundance of sun there is going to make it asr, kamash malan, that not. The Gemara then asks that linguistic issue of umay yoytze. Why would it say that this is an issue of psal yoytze when a sukkah? What is this yoytze? Says the Gemara yoytze mehechsher sukkah. 
it means that that segment of the sukkah would be out of the, what you consider to be the, the kashras, would take it out of kosher, right? And it's a treif sukkah. And the answer is that, no, that it's not considered treif, that as long as, on the whole, there's more shade and sun, it's okay. And fourth and final interpretation Right, that the case is trying to teach you what? That there's a strip of schach that's treif, less than three tfachim wide in a small sukkah all the way across. It doesn't disqualify the sukkah. So wait a minute. So again, the same, same sort of question. What does it mean? So it means Rashi gets into the lambdas. Yoytzeh Meheksha Sukkah was the previous suggestion. Now we say Yoytzeh Mitorah Sukkah. Because says Rashi, Yoytzeh Meheksha means that it's a proper, right, materials. The schach was a proper material, but it was not kosher organization of the proper material. So that's called Heksha Sukkah. Whereas here, it uses the Lashon, Tairas Sukkah, right, to teach you Shafilu Min Kosher Eino. It takes you out of the, right, out of the, realm of sukkah altogether because like the chefza is not kosher. It's a fascinating, right, chefza issue here of lambdas regards to Torah sukkah versus hechsha sukkah. Be that as it may, uh, the havamina is that if you use, instead of airspace, if you're talking about material that is not kosher for sukkah material, so then maybe there's a havamina that it would be, right, even less than tfachim, right, um, is going to invalidate the schach and that the, right, and, and the b'risa, by saying p'sal yotzeh is kosher, is teaching you that as long as it's less than three t'vachim, it's okay. So to that, matkif lo raboshia, lo yeh ela avir, v'avir pachos mishlosh t'vachim, b'sukatana mipasul. In other words, again, a sukkah katana, right? A sukkah katana is what we mean zayin by zayin t'vachim. So let's say you have seven t'vachim, and you have just shy of three, right, three t'vachim of airspace, and the rest is so we use the principle of lavud, and we say that that sukkah is kosher, right? So why, right? So we say that sukkah is certainly kosher because we use lavud. So the question is, why would a right? Why would the puzzle material be worse than air? Air, you would think, is the worst. That's no coverage whatsoever. Why would puzzle material be worse than air? In other words, Rav Oshia is challenging the havamina. Rav Oshia is saying. Uh, Again, don't be confused. This is Rav Hoshia challenging Rav Oshia. So Rav Hoshia is saying, why would you have a Havamina that this material is possible? At least you're getting some coverage. Why would it be worse than air? Air should be the worst. So the Gemara answers, Amalei Rabbi Abba, Fascinating answer. That the puzzle material is going to combine with the schach, and we know that once you use the principle of rov to say that this is all schach, kosher, so then you can sleep under it. But... Even with this lavud, right, once you, it can be mitztaref in order to kasha the sukkah, but it's not going to be mitztaref to the point where we let you sleep under the stars directly with no schach coverage whatsoever. So this is Rabbi Abba pointing out that in fact air is worse than schach puzzle. To have air is worse in the sense that it has this contradictory, inherently contradictory halacha, that it can be used to kasha up the sukkah but it can't be used to sleep under it directly, right? So in that sense, air is more chamer, in fact, than than tzach, uh, uh puzzle. Okay, and therefore umi kamidi. Uh, wait, wait a second. So, so therefore what? So therefore, wait, but that that should work out uh, the other way, right? Um, 
Right, so we thought that it, that it wouldn't disqualify. So why would the Bryson need this? This is not really a good answer, right? But what Rabbi Yehava is basically saying is that air is more chamer than 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 uh, Doesn't that strengthen the question? That is, we already know that the air is going to be right. We already know that the air is going to be um, invalidating. We already know that the air that the sukkah is going to be kosher, even with this air, even though you can't sleep under it. So what are we learning from this psal yotze? Um, so maybe, but the the chiddush is that you can sleep under it, right? Psal hayotze min sukkah nidon kasukah nidon kasukah doesn't mean that the sukkah is kosher. Nidon kasukah means that you could sleep under it. So that would actually be a chiddush, right? In other words, unlike air, this is how you would read it into Rabbi Abba. Unlike air that you can't sleep under, psal yotze, right? which in this case is saying that it's, that it, in this case, psal means that you have schach puzzle, right? That is sitting there. So again, psal can typically mean, it usually means schach mahadrin. But here we went out of, off, off menu and we said that psal is actually schach puzzle. So schach puzzle, again, just to reorient ourselves because in each of these four definitions, everything means something else. Right, yotze doesn't either means it juts out of the sukkah physically or it ju- it's an halachic, and psal either means the most kosher schach in the world or treif schach. So let's say you have treif schach that takes you out of the in in, in Ravoshia's example treif schach that's supposed to be an halachic, and the chiddush therefore, according to the brisa, is that nidon kasukah mean that you could sleep under it, unlike air that you can't sleep under psal yotze in that. Interpretation means that even though it's not usually kosher, once it's a it's a small enough amount and it is going to be machshir the sukkah, you can in fact sleep underneath it. Wow! Says the Gemara. However, once we're talking about air, says the Gemara, is there any such a thing that's so contradictory that it could be machshir the sukkah and yet it's kosher enough to make the sukkah kosher? But it's not kosher enough that you could sleep under it, says the Gemara. Me, Kamida, Dietz, Terufim, Itzdarf, Vahu, Atzma, Eino, Kosher? So, says the Gemara, yes. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak ben Yashiv, ben El Yashiv, in, yes, we do have an example of this contradictory thing that it's kosher enough to kosher the sukkah, but you still can't sleep under it. But in a different context, context in the seventh parak of Mikvaos. What do we say with mikvah? You need to have the 40 saw, right? So 40 saw should be water, but we have some other things that are really kind of, you know, basically, uh, that, that, that are really not water, but they have enough viscosity uh, to be water, but to, to be considered liquid, to fill up the 40 saw. What is that? Tit hanarok yochiach. You have a porous, really, really liquidy mud. So you have your liquidy mud, and that's going to prove to you what? So if you have a little bit of mud, sediment, whatever it is, right? Muddy, muddy, slushy, uh, snow, slush, uh, in the bottom of the mikvah, you add it to the total volume with the water together to include it in the minimum shear 40 saw. You can use that, right? It's watery enough, so to speak. However, However, if you were to tovel just in slush alone, you would not be considered tefillah. If that, the entire mikvah was filled up with only this material, it would not be tovel at all. So it's similar to schach uh, in that way, right? It's similar to 
this, this mixture in that it can be machshir the mikvah, just like the airspace can be machshir the sukkah, right? There's some unfortunately explained who point out some differences, but in, on the whole, it's similar in that it can be machshir the mikvah, just like the airspace can be machshir the sukkah, and yet, if you were to sit under just the airspace, or in this case, dunk in only the slushy, muddy water, you would not be yoytze at all. And therefore, we have precedent for this concept of something which is inherently not used on its own, but can be used to make up either the volume of the, of the mikvah or the volume of the sukkah, as it were, in those two contexts. And so we are good, and we have now gone through in a, as best we could, in the Dafyomi for, format, with the four suggestions of what the Havamina Maskana might be, but Psal Yotze Minasuka. Shkoyach. Next Mishnah, Ayn Sham, right? Andrew's gonna, on the plane, he's gonna be with a, a, uh, Oitzer, Kovitz Mefarshim on the, uh, on the, on the Sukkah, crunching Psal Yotze. Okay. Says the Mishnah, So you make it like a hut, like a comb, right? Or you leaned it up against a wall, straight up in a diagonal. As to whether this is kosher at all. What does it mean? Why? It's a conversation about whether it's considered an ohel. Do you remember that when you, we said that when you um, dig out of a gadish, we said you needed at least a tefach of height? In other words, if you already had a tefach of height, then it's not tasavilom in asui because you can dig underneath. What did Rashi say there? That a tefach of height means that it's already an ohel. You need to have, to be considered an ohel, you need to have at least some, like right angle, so to speak, some area where it's flat on top or some area where it has some vertical verticality or horizontal, right? So that means you can't have just a slope, but to break up the slope, you don't need more than either a tefach of horizontal or a tefach of vertical, and you're good, right? Once you have an oil, even Rabbi Yezer would agree that it's okay, okay? But in the case of straight, straight um, angle, uh, straight slope, he's not going to like it. Chacham say it's fine, that, it's, that even uh, straight diagonal is, in fact, good enough. Again, because you use the, right, you, you have to, you inscribe the sukkah in it, and you'll say, some of the tzachach is wall, some of the tzachach is gag, it doesn't have to be nicker, which is what? Now, Tana. Tana says in the In other words, that is what the Bryce is pointing out. What I just said, that all you need is either a little, right, verticality off the ground, or a little horizontality, right, off the wall, of a tefach, and you already have the recognition of a, of a, of a gog. That's the statement of the Bryson. Now, this is fascinating, right? It doesn't mean that the gog itself has to be like zine by zine. It just means that once you see a, right, discernible gog and discernible walls, then you could use the schach of the diagonal for gog and walls. It's just that somewhere along the way, there has to be a discernible gog and walls. It itself does not have to have the full dimensions of schach. That's, that's a, that's a important, right, diuk that the Brysa makes. Now, so again, why do the Rabbanon say that you could just have a straight up shipua diagonal? Because, oh, shipua alayim ba'alim damu. Because, yeah, that it's fine. An OL is, is an abode, and a diagonal is fine. Okay? So, Abai, Ashkechel Rabbi Yosef. Abai is going to Rabbi Yosef for Shabbos Chalmait Sukkis, let's say. And the Kakaganei Bechilas Chatanim Besukkah. And he sees... In his sukkah, he has a bed, and he has like this fancy bridal canopy bed, as discussed in Masechah Shabbos, that has the diagonals on each side. And the issue is like this: Amalek, come on, 
Remember, Rabbi Eliezer, right, holds that you need to have some ver- verticality or horizontality, right, in order for it to not to be considered an ohel. Now, the issue is like this. If you're sleeping and it's considered under the canopy and it's considered an ohel, then you're not yotze sukkah, right? Because it would be an ohel under a sukkah, which is not kosher. So by the very, right, by the very fact that Abaye was sleeping in this sukkah means that he holds like Rabbi Eliezer that's not an ohel and therefore he can sleep in a sukkah inside this thing. So Rabbi Yosef answered Abaye, Amrle, Braisa Ipchatani. Uh, I'm sorry, it was Rabbi Yosef that was sleeping under it, and Abaye was wondering what was going on. So Rabbi Yosef answered Abaye, Amrle, Braisa Ipchatani. No, I learned the Braisa differently. Rabbi Eliezer, Machshiv, Chachamim, Poslim. In my version, Rabbi Eliezer, it's the Chachamim that's that are posel. Now that's a good thing. In other words, if they posel it for sukkah, it means that it's kosher to sleep under it, to sleep inside of a sukkah, because then it's just not considered an oil, and that's good. To which Abayah said, Shavakta Masnisi Vata Kavraisa. Wait a minute. So what are you doing? You, ha- you have your own brysa, but what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is more authoritative, as we've already discussed many times in the brysa. No, no, no. So Yosef said, Amalei Masnisi Yechidai. That's a very special kind of Mishnah. It's a Das Yachid Mishnah. The Tanya Ha'isis Ukasa Kamin Shrif Oshasam Chalakosel. Our Mishnah that Rabbi Yosef, the version that he had was Rabbi Nasan Oimer, Rabbi Liazar Postal in Pnecha and Lagag of Chacham Machshirin. It's our very Mishnah. However, it's Rabbi Nas. It's said in the name of Rabbi Nasan, as Rashi says, Yechidahi Madnisan Detani Hachi Rabbi Nasan Katani Lahu Dehu Yechidah. So this fascinating idea, Birnbaum, you know, go nuts. That this fascinating idea that the Mishnah is typically more authoritative than the Brisa, unless it's a Mishnah that's a Das Yachid, in which case it's like similar to a Brisa. It's not this totally fully agreed upon. Uh, it doesn't have the right the authority of the masses as a typical Mishnah would. Okay, next Mishnah, Machzelas Kanim Gedola. So we said before, right, about the large reed mats. So if it's a large reed mat, so we said, when it comes to these mats, and this is the halacha of the mats, if the mats are made for, right, sitting on, so then it's considered a cleat, and they're makabal tumah, and as we famously already have discussed, anything that's makabal tumah is not kosher for schach. So if it was made for shechiva, it's a makabal tumah vein misachimba. That's what the mission says. However, the sikuch, if you made the large one for schach, and you're making schach mat, your sukkah depot, misachimba. Certainly you could use it for schach, vein makabel tumah. And interestingly, it says it in the inverse, right? Uh, you could use it for schach, and thus it's not susceptible to tumah. Fascinating. And that is the Tanakama. However, Abeliezer Oimer, um, another machlokas related to Tanakama, achas katana achas gadola, whether it's large or small, if you made it for reclining, it's a kli, then you can't obviously use it for schach as such, but if you made it for schach, and the same inverse relationship, if you made it for schach, you can use it for schach, and it's not mekabel tumah. So really, the issue here that the Gemara is going to discuss is that the Tanakam and Rabbi Yezer sound like they're in fact saying the same thing. They're both saying that it depends on your kavana. If you made it for shechiva, then it is a kli and it's mekabel tumah, you can't use it for schach. If you made it for schach, then you could use it for schach. It depends on the kavana. The only difference is that Rabbi mentioned both that it, it applies to whether it's small or big, and the and the Tanakama only mentioned it for mechatzelas gedola that it's for big. So I would have said that perhaps the Tanakama holds that if you made it for small, the kavana doesn't matter. That right? If you made it for small, then it's obviously you didn't make it for schach, and then maybe it shouldn't matter. Uh, but the, that havamina. If we're going to arrive on it, it's not going to be right away. The first thing the Gemara is going to point out is that 
what, by saying that if your kavana was for shach, then it's okay, and if your kavana was for shriva, it's not okay, it seems to contradict itself because it implies that the default is, right, is either okay or not okay in each case, and that we're trying to, right, we're trying to take ourselves out of that default, and yet, and that makes both the Tanakama and Rebbe are contradictory on each other, and it tries to discuss it as such. So, says the Gemara, Hagufa Kasha, Amarta, Sol Shiva, Makabel, Stuma, Ben, Misachimba, Taima, Dasol Shiva, Hastamalasiko. So, in the Tanakama, it makes it sound like the, that the reason why it was, that it was the Kli was because you made it for such. And that the default would be that if you made it for, that the default would be that you made it for Sikuch. And then, Vahadatani, and then it goes back and says, the Sikuch, Vesachim, Babein, Makabel, Stuma, Taimada, Sal, Sikuch, Hastam, Lashriva. And then the second part of Tanakhava makes it sound like the default is Lashriva. So the Gemara, no, Halo, Kasha, Kan, Begdola, Kan, Bektana. So the Gemara is going to resolve the internal contradiction within the Tanakama by saying that the first part was Begadola, where the default is that it's Feschach, and the second part is talking about a Katana, where the default is for, is for sitting, and therefore that's why the, right, the default would be that it's not Feschach and it'd be Metame. However, Bishle Rabban Lakasha, we take out those parentheses, and then we get to Rebbe Yezer. Right, the question we're going to ask the same question by him. Same exact question, right? When you say that the reason is because you did it for one way or the other, it implies that the default is right, the converse. Perhaps the suggestion of Rava is that the Tanakama holds that a small one, the, the Stam, is that it's a Kli. And Rebbe Leezer, well, the reason why he addresses both a large and a small is because he's also going to hold that a Stam Katana is Lesikuch. This is what the Gemara is going to pick up on and start crunching and analyzing the different permutations, Bezrat Hashem, when we start in the very top line of Daf Chof tomorrow.